Hello, everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Thursday's evening message. And I pray that all is well with you and your household on tonight. Uh, I pray that you guys are declaring that um, <clears throat> the message of Jesus Christ, I'm praying that you are letting that message rule your household this evening. Praise the Lord. So um, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. I'm so excited that you guys are here. And um, we're going to continue discussing becoming the gospel. Now, I've already said a word of prayer right before, uh, um, well, doing when I was preparing the message, of course, and right before um, our uh, broadcast tonight. And I pray that you guys uh, always pray for before joining us as well asking God to open up your ears and your heart to receive what he has uh, for you guys tonight, okay? Um, so I don't want to be, um, you know, ceremonial and starting off with a word of prayer when I've actually already prayed. And um, amen. So we're gonna just move forward and dive right in tonight. Praise the Lord. All right, so becoming the gospel is what we've been talking about and, um, a few weeks ago when we started this um, series, we started off by defining what the gospel is. And then last week we talked about why we need the gospel. And so tonight we're going to discuss entering the gospel or entering the good news, amen? So um, the first four books of the New Testament in our Bibles are called the, the Gospels, and I'm sure many of you know that. Each Gospel was written by a different first century follower of Jesus who wanted people to know the story of what God had done through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The writers of the Gospel are Mark, excuse me, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. However, make no mistake about it. God is the author. In 2 Timothy, Timothy, the third chapter, verses 16 through 17, and I'm reading this from the ESV version. It says that all scripture is breathed out by God, meaning it's voiced by or made, made alive by God, inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 17 says that the man of God, that's you and I, may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then let's read the same ver uh, passage from the NLT version. It reads like this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Hallelujah. So the Lord did not leave us blindsided. Amen. He left us a manual. He left us a guide uh, of instructions and reproof 
and, and teaching so that we would know how to do things his way. He would not leave us blinded. Amen. And, and, and the beauty of it is, you know, God is a God of order. Everything done decently and in order. He wants all of his followers to be on the same page, not each one just kind of believing what they want to believe, do what they want to do. When you make the Bible the center of your life and your manual, then all those who follow Christ through the Bible were on one accord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Matthew was personally called by Jesus to leave his old life, his old job, and even his old name behind. Mark was a traveling companion with the Apostle Paul, and he was a student of Peter, another disciple of Jesus. Luke, he was a doctor who investigated the evidence thoroughly so that he could write an accurate account of what had happened. John was one of Jesus' original disciples who wrote his gospel account while living in exile at the end of his life. Now, each of these writers had personally experienced the transforming love of Jesus. That experience motivated and it inspired them to write down the story of Jesus so that others could also be introduced to that transforming love. Now, there is that word again, transforming. We talk a lot about that word here in our community, right? <clears throat> this is what Jesus does. He transforms. He makes new what was old. He makes right what is wrong. He makes life from death, amen? Now, this journey of becoming the gospel, it's not just about believing in Jesus. You know, the devil believes in Jesus. He knows he exists. He knows who he is, amen? But this journey is about knowing, not knowing just about him, but knowing and experiencing the gospel in our own lives, amen? Now, because Jesus has been good news for us, we as followers of Jesus have been called to be good news for others, amen? Um, there's something about doing the transformation process of born again believers of Jesus Christ where that the love of Jesus starts to resonate on the inside of us and you can't help it. It's almost like you have to share this message with others, not only because of the love that he showed to us, but that love for others is building up on the inside of you as you're being transformed, amen? And so out of that love, you have a desire, a motivation, an inspiration to share the message of Jesus Christ with others. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the Gospels are an invitation to not just learn the good news story, but to enter and to experience the good news story. Knowing Jesus personally is an experience. Hallelujah. My pastor, uh, Dr. Dollar, talked about this 
has been kind of talking about knowing God, truly knowing God is to experience him. He's been taught, that's a series that he's been talking on the last couple of weeks. And it's just really awesome. It's not about learning the history of Jesus, but experiencing his love, experiencing his mercy and his kindness. And through that experience, you will be transformed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the Gospels don't just tell us to pray prayers. It doesn't tell us just to go to church, what to believe or how to be nice to other people. The Gospel teaches us how to see ourselves, how to see others and the world in a whole new way. And without experiencing the Gospel, without experiencing the good news of Jesus, you cannot see the truth about yourself. You won't be able to see the truth about others. And you certainly will not be able to understand the truth about the world. My Lord. So listen, everybody, becoming the good news starts with entering the good news story. This is why throughout history, Christians have placed so much value on reading the Bible. Because every time we read and we study the Bible, what we do is we open ourselves up to the truth of God and his transforming love and power. Hallelujah. In order for us to become good news, we must enter. We must experience the good news story. And I can't say that enough, and I'm going to keep on saying that tonight until it resonates in your heart. There's no better way to enter or to experience the good news than by reading the accounts of what God has done through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Let's look at Matthew's calling. Turn to Matthew's, the ninth chapter. We're going to read verses 9 through 13, and we're going to be reading these passages from the NLT version. And it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and he followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collector and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Verse 12, Jesus says, when Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. 
Wow, so powerful. Amen. Jesus extended an invitation to Matthew and Matthew accepted. Hallelujah. And that's what he's doing for you tonight. Extending an invitation. Uh, and if you haven't accepted, I pray by the end of uh, tonight that you did make that choice to accept it. Amen. Now, not only did Matthew accept the invitation, he invited Jesus to his home for dinner. And he also invited some other tax collector friends and sinners. Amen. Meaning those that had not yet, um, maybe had not at that time, because this is during the first century um, uh, uh, when Jesus was on earth here. So many of them may not have, have had received the invitation or had a chance to sit with Jesus. But Matthew made it his business to invite Jesus to the dinner along with some of his tax collector friends and sinners. Matthew wanted to share his Jesus experience, hallelujah, with his friends so that they could experience the love and life-changing power of Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew became the gospel. Hallelujah. You know, I love the part where Jesus told the disapproving, uh, disapproving Pharisees. He says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, meaning those who think they can live righteously without me. Amen. But those who know that they are sinners, meaning those who recognize they are sinners and they need him to connect back to God. Amen. Now, let's look at Mark. Mark writes in Mark, uh, the first chapter in the first verse, he says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God. It began. Wow. Then he writes in Mark, the 16th chapter, verses six through seven, he writes about the resurrection. Here he says, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Hallelujah. First-hand experiences written down on paper. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, what Luke writes. Uh, we're going to look at the passage, Luke, the first chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. And again, we're reading all of these passages from the NLT version. And here's what Luke says. He says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled or experienced among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything, I also have decided to write an, an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. 
Yeah, uh, Luke being a doctor, very analytical. He carefully investigated everything so that he could make sure that his writings were accurate and on point. Hallelujah. Now, John, uh, one of Jesus' most beloved disciples, he writes in John 3, 16, such a familiar passage, but yet so powerful. Sometimes I think this passage is so familiar that we really uh, kind of take it for granted. I take what the passage is saying for granted. And here's what he says. He says, but this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You know, here's the thing. I think sometimes we think that God shows his love when he blesses us, when he gives us material blessings, um, when he heals us from sickness and disease. You know, and all these things he, he, he does do. But his, his true love, how he truly loves the world, he, blessings um, come as a result of accepting the invitations, you know, um, However, um, what I want to say here, God's love for the world, meaning everyone, even those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of their life, God showed you love by making the invitation available to you. God showed his love by sending, coming down himself in the form of Jesus. And everyone who accepts the invitation will not perish, but have eternal life. So, you know, I, I want to kind of mention what I talked about last week when I, we said that, you know, a lot of people believe that because God is love, that he, he that either there's no hell but he won't send people to hell. And he doesn't. He doesn't send anyone to hell. You are absolutely right. However, your choices is what may send you to hell, or your lack of a choice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life will send you to hell. Just like, you know, I, many of us as parents, we've taught our children that your choices, you have to suffer the consequences of your choices. So when we chastise our children um, for something, you know, disobedience or something that they did wrong, um, that they were told not to do, that sort of thing, we don't love our children any less when we chastise them. Amen? We don't love them any less. Um, but they, they will suffer the consequences of their choices. That's a way of teaching them. Now, when they become adults, no one is necessarily chastising them, but many times our choices will result in consequences that are not good on our behalf. And God has nothing to do with that. That's We're free will agents. Those are our choices. Amen? So I want to, God doesn't send anyone to hell. His love, he showed you love 
by making the invitation available for you. All you have to do is accept the invitation and follow him. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he says in John 3, 16, everyone who believes will not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. Let's look at another one that John writes. He writes in John, the 20th chapter, verses 30 through 31. He says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now, John ends his account with this writing in John, the 21st chapter and the 25th verse. And it says, Jesus also did many other things, but if they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. So this tells me there are so much more that Jesus did and that these first century followers of Jesus experienced, but of course, not all could be written down. Amen. Now, you know, some people question the writers of the, uh, the Bible, you know, most often heard is, especially among uh, people of color, is that they don't believe the Bible because they believe the white man wrote it uh, in an effort to keep people of color under bondage or enslaved. Well, his thing, you know, the Bible has been around longer than the white man has even been in uh, the world's power, as they say, okay? Uh, these, the original languages are Hebrew and Greek, you know, and these are not, these are people of color, amen? Praise the Lord, people of color, you know, Jews, People of color, they're not per se, you know, uh, white Anglo-Saxon people. You know, uh, many, uh, many people of color, especially uh, African-Americans, many believe that the original man was a man of color. Well, you can't have it both ways because if the original man was a man of color, you know, and all the accounts of the Bible were written starting with that original man. How is it now all of a sudden the Bible was written by white men? It just doesn't correlate, right? So um, yeah, if you've heard that or if that's, it, it just doesn't make any sense, even from a human mindset, amen? All right, so the good news is we believers have our own experiences that we can write about. You know, I, uh, I started several years ago keeping a journal of just my experiences uh, with God, with Jesus in my life. And it's amazing 
Um, so I encourage you to do that. You know, I know many people keep journals of their everyday life and that sort of thing. But I keep a personal journal now of my wonderful experiences with, with God, with the fellowship of God and things that he's done in my life or that I've seen him do that there's no question that it only had to be from him. It certainly wasn't from me or from anyone else. It had to be him. And it's good to do that and write those accounts down because, you know, like I said, the, I count these as firsthand testimonies of what Jesus has done in my life. And some of them I've shared with this community, but I also share those experiences with others that I come in contact with, um, that I share the message of Jesus Christ with. Entering the gospel is personally experiencing the good news of Jesus Christ. So to become the gospel, you must enter the gospel. Amen. Now, one of the things that I want you to do tonight is I want you to share this message, whether verbally or just click that share button on whatever platform you're listening to this on so that you can share it with your own individual communities as well. That's our job as Christians is to share the message of Jesus Christ. And if you truly have the love of God in your heart or you've grown to that place, it's almost like a, um, it's, it's like a, a compelling urge of love to do so because you want others to experience it. You know, I recently <clears throat> had a conversation here um, at my apartment community uh, with the manager uh, wanting to request, uh, the Lord had laid it on my heart to start a Bible study class once a week here. And that's because I just want every opportunity to share Jesus Christ with others because he's coming back. He's on his way back. And he wants as many of people, you know, a lot of people say, folks been saying that for years, yes. And one of the reasons, his primary reason for delay it's because he wants to as many people as possible to accept the invitation so that they can live out eternity with him. Amen. And so the ways that he is able to share that message is through us, his followers. So we must share our experiences. We must share the word of God. We must share the message of Jesus Christ with others. That's what becoming the gospel is. Amen, everybody. Let's say a prayer. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for your message on tonight. You are so good. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Hallelujah. We thank you for your divine protection over our lives and that no weapons formed against us shall prosper. We believe that it's in your word. We worship you, Father. You are our King. Hallelujah. We are your children. And we, we just worship and thank you 
and we praise you and we glorify you. Right now, I just want you to take a minute. Just praise him. Think about your experiences. Hallelujah. What he's done in your life. And just give him worship and praise right now. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Jesus. We magnify you. You are the Lord of all lords, King of all kings. There is no other like you. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Jesus. We thank you for your grace, mercy, and kindness. We thank you for instilling in us, Lord God, love for others the same way that you loved us. Helping us to extend the same grace to others that you so richly extended to us. Hallelujah. Your word says, it is by these things that we shall know that we are followers of you, that we love one another. We know, Father, we need you to help us love one another, but we can't do it on our own. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah, everybody. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're out there, if you're listening, and you yet have not accepted the invitation to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you now have that opportunity to make that choice. And if you're wanting to do so, just say this prayer, brief prayer with me. Dear Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner and I want to be saved. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. I accept the invitation to follow you. And by faith, I know that I am now saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the family of God. You are born again. You have made the best decision that you will ever make in your life. Now, if you said that prayer with me, I want you to send me an email to the good news from Cynthia at gmail.com. And I'm gonna send you some material uh, that will help you get started in your Christian journey, in your gospel journey. Amen. Welcome again to the family of God. And those, um, um, uh, Fellow Christians, you know, just praise God, pray for those new individuals um, uh, that have just joined our family. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We love you guys so much. We do, we do, we do. Share this message. Amen. Become the gospel in your everyday lives. Listen, have a good evening, have a great weekend, and listen, you got to come back next week. Oh gosh, we're going to be talking about something really powerful, still becoming the gospel, but another aspect of it. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the right way to pray, because becoming the gospel, um, Jesus teaches us how to pray. 
you know, to be effective prayer, uh, prayer warriors, amen, and to, um, prayer is communicating with him. So it's important when you follow him that we know how to communicate with him, amen? So come back next week. That's what we're gonna be talking about. All right, guys, thank you again for joining us. God bless y'all. And remember, let the message of Jesus Christ be the run of your house. Good night, everybody.